It's about you, your health, your family, and your community. This is Sunday Morning Magazine with your host, Rodney Lear. And good morning. Hope you're having a blessed weekend. Welcome to another edition of Sunday Morning Magazine. Remember, more information about the show can be found on our Facebook page. Visit us at Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Teachers, they have the power to mold young minds and to shape our future. This morning, we introduce you to outstanding educators who are doing innovative things in the classroom, using non-traditional methods to teach their students, thinking outside of the box, and finding ways to reach young people. My first guest is Mandy Manning. Ms. Manning teaches math and English to refugee and immigrant high school students in Spokane, Washington. She's often the first teacher her students have when they come to this country. Ms. Manning is 2018's National Teacher of the Year. Welcome to the show this morning, Mandy. How are you? Or should I call you Miss Manning, right? Is that what the students say? Yeah, the students do, but feel free to call me Mandy. <laughs> all right, all right. Here we go. Now, you teach a unique population of students. Tell us about the students you educate. So I teach in a program called the Newcomer Center, and it's specifically for brand-new immigrant and refugees to our nation who are of high school age and speak very little English. Yeah, it's a pretty unique program. Yeah. Now, what are some of the countries that some of your students are from? Pretty much every single continent. So we've had students from Colombia, El Salvador, Guatemala, different African nations like Uganda, Ethiopia, Kenya, Sudan. We've had Middle Eastern students from Iraq, Syria, Afghanistan, um, students from Asia, uh, Thailand, Karen State in Burma, Myanmar. We've had Chinese students. Wow. Students from Micronesia, so Chuuk Island and Marshall Islands, uh, Malaysia, yeah, all over. Now, there has to be a language barrier. When students come to your classroom and English is obviously not their first language, how do you even communicate with your students, let alone teach them? Well, actually, it's the language barrier usually isn't much of an issue because... Hmm. Um, I usually have anywhere from 15 to 25 students in my class at one time, and there's usually 13, um, 8 to 13 cultures represented and as many languages. So the common language for the students is English. So they have an intrinsic motivation to learn. Um, The social language comes pretty quick, and the academic language comes pretty quickly after that, Um, because most of my students are uh, multilingual anyway, so they already have skills in acquiring a language. Okay. So um, plus uh, the Newcomer Center being a unique program, we're able to start with those very basic building blocks of language, you know, just basic introductions and um, one, two, three, and ABC. So it's at an appropriate level for them to begin their development of their language. So there's so many factors that make it um, not a barrier, but uh, so they come with so many assets already that the language comes pretty quickly. Okay. So you're talking about students that are, they're coming, some of them are coming to you. They're refugees. They, they're coming with trauma as well. So you're trying to teach them, you're trying to get through that, but they come with, I would say extra baggage probably that most students come with is how true is that? 
that is true because they've gone through, you know, unspeakable experiences to come to the United States usually. Um, but I think uh, we we often think of that as this, you know, big challenge because a lot of the students do have post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm. Some of them come with other mental issues. But I think that kind of disregards the experience and the strength that it takes for them to have survived all of that. Mm -hmm. So, yes, they come with traumas. Um, We use the word grit a lot, and these students are very gritty. They have uh, hope, much more hope than many of the um, students born here in the United States because they've gone through traumas and come out alive on the other side. And I mean that literally. They've come out alive. And so they have a tenacity and a a focus and a determination to be the very best that they can be and to make the most of this opportunity of living here in the United States. So that's a good lead into my next question, because, you know, you have these young immigrants, these teens, generally speaking, uh, what are their attitudes like? Are they excited to learn? Are they excited to be in the United States? And are they excited about the hope of America? Yes. When we talk about things like the American dream, um, my students embody that dream because they come here with this hope. This is, uh, for them, it represents a chance at life. Mm. And they don't take that lightly. They're very focused. They're very excited. They're extremely respectful in the classroom. Um, They are ready to learn every single day. And they want to be productive members of our community. So they do everything they can to ensure that they take advantage of these opportunities in order to give back. Okay. Now, as an educator with the population of students that you serve, what is the most important thing you strive to teach these young people, your students? Really belief in themselves and confidence that they can uh, dream big and achieve those dreams. And I believe that this is the case for any student. Like anytime um, you have kids come into your classroom, the number one goal is for them to be able to be time travelers. And what I mean by that is to envision themselves in a future and create a pathway to, to that future. I mean, of course, I want them to have the skills and tools to be successful in their classes after they leave the newcomer center. Um, But for the most part, I want them to be confident, to believe that they belong in school and to believe that they have the skills and capacity to move forward in life and down a path that's going to help them to be um, productive, contributing members of our communities. Really, that's my hope. Okay, so let me ask you this. I know when sometimes when immigrants, they get to this country, um, there's this huge learning curve because sometimes they're not fortunate enough to have any level of education. They might come to America with maybe a third grade education level and maybe they're, you know, 17, 16 years old. So is that something that you find is a problem or something that you see when students, when you get immigrants and refugees that come to your classroom? Yes, I do. I mean, it's not the, I would say it's not the majority of students, but yes, I I have had several students who've come with either no formal public education or limited or interrupted formal formal education. But I've also seen students who have come with only a fourth grade education at 15 years old and still graduated in four years. Hmm. I think it's a matter of 
providing the level of support that each student needs. And I'm lucky here in Spokane at Ferris High School because we have that, we have a program specifically that provides um, support at every level of a student's development. And so the Newcomer Center can be a semester-long program. And for most of my students, a semester is enough. But for those students who come with a less education, they can stay with me for a year and get more of those foundational skills in reading and writing and speaking and listening that will help them as they move forward in their education. But then after they leave the Newcomer Center, we also have systems of support where they have supported English language learning classes, um, not only in English language arts, but also in social studies and biology and um, math. And so we have a system that helps support them as they move forward in their education. Plus, we have additional programs like Homework Center that are specifically geared for our English language learners. So um, I think it's a matter of the entire community, the entire, not, not even just the school, but the community really reaching out and helping these kids, making them feel welcome, giving them confidence, and then providing the support that helps them to be successful. And we have we see tremendous success. The student I was talking about with a fourth grade education graduated in four years, went on to university and is now studying to be a teacher. Mm. So it's really just about believing in them, welcoming them, and then supporting them as they move um, into life here in the United States. And in case you're just tuning in all morning long, we're talking to outstanding educators who are doing innovative things in the classroom educating students in non-traditional ways. For more information, again, reach out to us on our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. Right now, we're speaking to 2018's National Teacher of the Year, Mandy Manning. Now, let's talk about you going the extra mile because I know that you visit your students at home. You do home visits. Why is that so important? It's really important because those home visits start to build that relationship with the families. This is particularly important with our immigrant and refugee families because they all come from different cultures which have different ideas about the relationship between school and home. And it's important that we set up that expectation that we're not, you know, separate entities. We are working together as partners in ensuring that their kids have everything that they need in order to succeed in their education and as, you know, future citizens. And so it's an initial step, not, and it's not formal. I go with a, a colleague of mine and we visit the house. We sometimes will sit down and have a meal. It's a connection that we can make with the family so that later they can have, we can have more two-way communication with the family because they're comfortable. And it's also a way for me to learn about the kids, how they live, where they live, what their family structure looks like, how they interact, um, and also to learn a little bit about the family and some of the skills and talents they might be able to bring into the school community as well. I wish that every educator had the opportunity to go and visit their students' homes. I think that they would be surprised um, at how much it improves relationships, how much it builds those bridges, mm-hmm. and how much they can learn about their kids. Okay. Now, you've been known to help your students outside the classroom. You even help them get jobs. Is that right? Sometimes. So I had one student who only had one year in high school, and so we set him up at the skills center based on the knowledge that he had cut hair for the U.S. Army in Iraq. And he went on to finish his cosmetology degree after he left Ferris. 
um, and is now working in the community as a stylist. Mm. So I help with those things, but I also help with basic skills. Like if my students are 18 or older um, and they need it, sometimes I'll give driving lessons. One of my kids had um, a, a daughter and she needed help finding um, preschool. So I helped her get connected with a, a local preschool that I knew. And then I was also able to help a little bit with transportation. So I just really, I try to think of each of my kids as individuals and what they individually need in order to be successful. So I don't give, you know, every kid driver lessons <laughs> or, you know, whatever each student needs, I try to help them. I do have a deep compassion and love for my students and um, in every single thing that I do inside and outside of the classroom, students are at the center of that. I love my kids and I think that that comes through. Okay. Now let's talk about your trip to the White House to accept the National Teacher of the Year Award. Now you staged your own silent protest. Tell our listeners what you did and why. Going to the White House was a really big decision for me because for my students, particularly, you know, my immigrant refugee kids, this White House hasn't necessarily been very welcoming to them. And so I had to really do some soul searching and also talk to my students about what they wanted me to do. And and every single one of them that I spoke to said, Miss Manning, you have to go to the White House because you have to tell the president our stories. You have to tell him about us and who we are. The two things that I decided to do was, first, I decided to have my students write letters, because who can better articulate their stories than my kids themselves? And so they wrote letters to the president talking about who they are, where they come from, how long it took them, the journey to come here, their dreams and hopes, and and what they'd like to do to give back to a nation that welcomed them in. Um, And then also, I not only teach immigrant and refugee students, but I coach basketball, and I am one of the advisors of the Gay-Straight Alliance. So I decided in order to communicate to them and to the nation how important they are, that I would wear pins that represented them. So I wore, you know, a a rainbow pin and a trans equality now and a pin that I felt represented both immigrants and Native students and a pin that said, you know, (laughs) life begins at the end of your comfort zone. Um, Just to send the message, you know, that we are a nation of individuals who are all valuable assets to who we are as a nation and that we need to be open and welcoming and loving to all of these individuals who are so beautiful. Finally, this morning, what advice would you give to other teachers? What's your advice to other teachers as you had the opportunity as National Teacher of the Year to travel the country, talk to other teachers, talk to educators, and travel the world. What's your advice to educators? What do you say to them? Well, number one, know yourself. Because in order to be open to other people, you need to know yourself and and where your perceptions and biases come from. So that when you meet new people, because students who come through your class are not always going to be the same as you. So that when you meet them, you can allow them to show you who they are. You can set your own perceptions and biases aside um, and let kids show you who they are. Um, second, seek experiences that challenge yourself and provide opportunities for your students to experience things that challenge their perceptions as well. And just to be open and loving to all students and to try to disregard anything they might already think or believe think they know about kids because every time a kid comes into your classroom they get to show you who they are every kid comes with some strength and we should be building from there
All right. Well, we're out of time this morning. Thank you so much, Mandy. We really do appreciate it. And congratulations on being National Teacher of the Year 2018. Well, thank you so much. We've been speaking to 2018's National Teacher of the Year, Mandy Manning. All morning long, we're talking to outstanding educators who are doing innovative things in the classroom, educating students in non-traditional ways. Hi, you're listening to my dad's Rodney Lear on Sunday Morning Magazine. Like my dad's show on Facebook at Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. I don't hear you clicking.